Hello, Ploof. Boy, you got me up early again today. Look at you. Sorry, brother. You know, that's what happens with these baseball tournaments out in Arizona. Today, I'm not going to be sweating mm. during the show. I'm in an air-conditioned room. Yeah, it looks like the penthouse suite. Look at you. Out of boy. Definitely not. There's no penthouse suite where we're staying right now. We're not. <laughs> I'm not rolling deep like you did back in the day. Mm. Sorry. Sorry. Um, I did get sunburned a little bit, though, under the eyes yesterday. I guess because of the beard, I kind of forgot to put sunblock right here. Paying for it today. Let's go, man. Just got to step that up. Got to keep those looking good. You're, right, you're right. in front of the camera all the time. I hear you. All right, let's get to it. Uh, hottest team in the American League, the Boston Red Sox, take a seven-game winning streak after the West Coast to face the Oakland A's. Should be a really good series. Good news for the Red Sox this week. Chris Sale faced live hitters for the third time in his comeback from Tommy John. We could see him as early as next month. He says, I feel like I'm the missing piece to make us a World Series contender. Do you agree with Chris Sale? Uh, <laughs> <laughs> kind of. I kind of do. I think they need another starter. I hope Chris Sale is that guy. And obviously, like, he has the pedigree and everyone knows what he can do. Uh, I, I also think they – and I know they're crushing the ball right now. I think they could use another bat, too. Really? To, re to really make them go. To really, really make them go. Because I don't love – I don't love their starting pitching that much, even with Chris Sale. So, like, they've been winning because they can bang the ball a lot in the back, and the bullpen's been pretty good. Yeah. I think the star uh, starter will be great. Chris Sale will be great. I think another bat. Like, just to really just lengthen that lineup. Um, and then we can start really talking about them being World Series contenders. And I know it sounds crazy to say start talking about them when they have the best freaking record in the league. Right, but that's just me looking at the roster, going over on paper. They have clearly have something going on there. They're a, a tight team, and they have some chemistry going on. But if you're asking me the two, like what they need, I think Cursell's definitely one of them. That's an amazing piece to just be able to pick up, you know, at the end of the season during the run. But I, I, I would like another bat too. Well, it's interesting because you know that we we've, we've talked about this before with the Red Sox. They are a top heavy lineup. Mm -hmm. You know, both their shortstop and third baseman are starting the all-star game. They've been monsters this year. Verdugo has done what he does. I mean, he's an, he's an extra base hitting machine. He's a double gap-to-gap -gap sort of guy. Kike Hernandez has been playing his face off. Uh, dude has been unreal. Hunter Renfro, I thought, has been really, really exceptional the last few months. J.D. Martinez is back to form. So I just – I'm kind of curious where you see that extra bat fitting in. I could see – I mean, this is another question they might ask me later, but, like, a Gallo could be really good for them. Ooh, oh, then I'll hold that thought. I'm I'll just hold saying. that thought because I'm going to get to that in a second. Okay, good, good. <laughs> I like where your head's at. All right, let's move on. Uh, first Subway Series meeting of the year between the Mets and Yankees. So, in your opinion, are you more concerned about the Yankees' psyche or the Mets' lack of punch on offense? In the near term, the next week, probably the Mets offense because they're going to face some pretty good pitching. You know, they got the Yanks going. They're going to face Montgomery today and then Cole tomorrow. And then I, I think it's TBD, the last game of the series. Then they go to Milwaukee. So it's going to be a really tough stretch there. But I do believe in that offense still. I, maybe it's just the names that are there. They just haven't performed. But there's right. a lot Is this of bizarre, by the way. Did you see their starting lineup? And it's it was littered with regulars last night. I mean, guys weren't banged up. So it was a lot of the big name stars. There were only two guys in the starting lineup last night who had an OPS over 700. It was Alonzo 
and it was Jacob DeGrom. Those were the <laughs> only two guys, and they were both over 800 starting the game. Now, Dom Smith crawled over 700 because he had a two-homer night, but you look at these guys. McNeil, I get it. He's been banged up at times. He has not played well. You know, Conforto, Lindor, James McCann. These are guys that ha have a track record, and they haven't done it. Yeah, yeah, no. I, that's what I'm saying. Like, you look at them, and you look at the lineup, and all the names, and, like, this is going to happen. It's going to happen. It's going to happen. Um, but it just hasn't necessarily. So, uh, the Yankees' psyche, on the other hand, obviously took a, took a punch uh, with that Fragile. game. Fragile. It's a little right now. Um, they're getting called out by their principal owner, Hal. Mm -hmm. You know, saying it, and it is on the players, man. I've been saying, I always tell people that, like, it's on the players. The manager doesn't do much. The front office has to put a good team together, which they'd have there. Um, so it's, it's, it'll be interesting to see what they also this. do at the trade deadline, Chris, because they need some help. And then Gallo could also help them too. Gallo's the guy. Ahead. The Let me ask right. you this. I think it was a smart play by Hal Steinbrenner. There's some people who say, well, why is he putting all the blame on the players? I mean, you know, people want Aaron Boone fired. I'm sorry, that's not going to that's not going to change what ails this team. Is it possible that Hal Steinbrenner, because one of the things that his dad did so well and better than any owner in sports, was galvanize a clubhouse against him? I mean, he would say shit all the time about his players, and he didn't care. He just didn't give a damn. So Hal's a different speed than than his pops. Is it possible he tried to trick, take a trick out of his dad's playbook and galvanize the clubhouse? Does that work or no? Uh, I don't know. I don't know how much those guys in the clubhouse are paying attention to that. Like, it's hmm. – yeah, you hear it, and it's like, okay, like, but you already know you're underperforming. So, like, what's another, another person just telling you you're underperforming? I know it's a, a big name telling you that, but you've been, already been hearing it enough, so. Right. Okay. Um, if I were to answer the question – the Mets, are, I don't get it. I don't know what's going on with their offense. Their last 17 games are averaging 2.7 runs per game. That's just yeah. not good enough. It's not good enough. I mean, they're being saved by their pitching right now, both the rotation and that bullpen, which has really been lights out this year. Guys, you, you got to start carrying your weight in the second half. You really I do. They, I really think they will. Maybe I'm just being, like, naive to the – I don't know. I don't know, man. I don't, I don't get it either. Now we're going to get on to Joey Gallo. You've already mentioned him twice. He's smoking hot right now. He's got seven homers in his last five games. He's homered at least once in each of his last five. The Rangers are going nowhere this year. Is it a huge mistake if they do not deal him by the end of the month? And if they do trade him, what's his perfect landing spot? It, it's a huge mistake if they don't trade him. And if they don't trade Gibby. Yeah, that's true, too. And they need to package those two together. I really believe like that. I love, I together. like that. Yes. Yes. Interesting. Okay. So give and me a I, landing spot. So for, if it was just Joey Gallo, I like him on the Red Sox to play first base. You talked about it. You talked about it not too long ago on the episode. I mean, that is when you put him in that lineup, that is a, they're already really good offensively, but it just lengthens it. Mm-hmm. More protection for him, more protection for other players. And now you're looking like, damn, that is a beast of a lineup. Right. Um, if we're going to do the package together, it fits the Yankees' needs, both of those two together. They wow. need a starter, and they need a left-handed bat. And okay. both these guys are – what's cool about both these guys and why they're going to be more valuable is they have an extra year of control. 
I mean, yeah. Joey, Joey's arbitration eligible, so he's making 6.2 this year. So you're on the hook for like three, a little under three for the rest of the year. And then you have him, you have him next year. Gibson's making 10 this year and seven next year or something like that. Yes. Very good for a guy like Very that. affordable for these guys. Yep. So I like Joey to the Red Sox. I think they don't have to do that. Okay, they got someone Someone in the chat blowing me up telling me I'm an idiot. But they don't have to do that. But well, if you want to freaking go win a World Series, why wouldn't you go do that? It's so damn cheap. Yeah. Well, uh, get get I, in line, by the way, on the people who think you're an idiot. I yeah, mean, you're right. You're I, right. The Yankees, I, hear all, I hear it all the time. <laughs> the Yankees, I think, are going to be the ones to go and go do something. Am I, I like that. I like that. Okay. Hear me out on this. First of all, they made a huge mistake the Rangers did by not trading Lance Lynn a year ago. I don't know what you guys were thinking. You weren't thinking. Don't make the same mistake. With Gallo, and I like where your head's at with pairing him with Gibby, the San Diego Padres. Yeah. Now, hold on here. People are going to go, wait a second. Where is he going to play? In case you haven't noticed, Will Myers has not played very well. Eric Hosmer, a guy I love, has not played great either. You're going to find at-bats. Jerks and Profar's OPS is under 700. There's plenty of spaces to play Joey Gallo and move the rest of those pieces around. Plus, with Lamette, they're going to need another pitcher here. It makes sense. I know people will say, well, hold on. Clevenger's coming back next year. I don't care about next year. Make The Padres are playing great baseball. What have they won, 11 of 12 or 11 of 13 or whatever? They're going to be right in this NL West race. You don't want to be the wild card. You do not want to be the wild card and live and die by just one game. If they have a 95-win season and it comes down to one game and somebody had, somebody shoves against them that day and the season's over, you don't want to deal with that. So you want to do whatever you can to best the Dodgers and or the Giants in that division. So if you were going to go two for one, I like that trade. I like it too. There's a lot, I mean, look, these guys are going to help any team, Chris. That's of course the, they are. They're good players. So, you know, they, they're fits on virtually every team that's a contender. Mm-hmm. So, you know, if you're saying we don't need them, you're crazy. If you're a fan of a team that's doing well and said, we don't need these people. You, yep. you, need, you need all you can get to go try to win a World Series. And don't ever forget that. I'm, I'm with you. Okay, have you noticed that the Seattle Mariners have crept up in the standings? They have won seven of ten. They're only four and a half out of the wild card chase. Is this a story? It, oh, is it a, a story? Is it? Uh, yes. Maybe not the one you're thinking of. It's not the tale of them coming up and being, you know, Cinderella or whatever. I think it's a story of, hey. Let's pay attention to this team. They have a great young core. They're already beating good teams. The last three series they won, Chris, mm-hmm. swept the Rays, beat the White Sox, and beat the Jays. Those are really good teams. But what do they – I look at that team, and I, what do they do well? They're just – it's a young team, man. They're getting great experience. This is not their year. Like, they don't need to go make any trades. They don't need it, to. It hasn't been their year since 2001. They have the longest playoff drought of any North American franchise going right I know. now. So we just... I know, but this is a, it's, it's a young ro- – like, the, the core talent in this roster is young. So, maybe okay. they just – Kendall Graveman, they could trade Kendall Graveman. Yeah, yeah. And, he and Stecken Ridger out of the bullpen have been great. Yeah. They're, they're not going to – I don't think they're going to catch the A's. I don't think they're going to catch the Astros. Right. Let's, let's go – I understand, like – you guys are winning right now, and you have a good record. But, like, let's, let's kind of think big picture here. 
continue to go for it this year. You don't have to trade Kemba Graveman, but I just don't think this is like, oh, they're yeah, going to come sneak in the playoffs. Okay, I do think that. <laughs> yeah, no, no. It, it's, a, it's a total waste if they don't trade this that is, guy. They're, they're fun to watch, and, like, they're going I mean, to – they are fun to watch. They, and they I don't, don't have Kyle Lewis, man. I know, I know. They don't have any of the pieces right now around there, in my opinion, for the most part, except for Crawford. I'm happy to see that he has kind of finally developed into the player we thought he was going to be with the Phillies, ended up getting traded there. That's been nice for them. Uh, Kikuchi has pitched exceptionally well. Yes. Other than that, they're, they're okay. okay. Like, it, it, when I'm flipping around on ball games, I don't make the Mariners appointment viewing. And that's not – I'm not saying it to be mean. I'm just saying it because it, they don't – they don't stunk any fire in me, man. I kind of like watching him. I like okay. watching him more than a lot of teams because J.P. Crawford. I like okay. watching that kid play he, short stuff, man. He has played well. Mitch Hanker's had a really good year. Yes. It's fun to watch him. He's a guy uh, they should trade, by the way. Yeah, you're right about that, too. Okay, let's move on to the last one. We are <laughs> super excited because in a week and a half, you and I are going to be together with the rest of the John Boy Media family in Denver, Colorado for the All-Star Game. Starting lineups were announced yesterday. A lot of great stories out there. What is the best one for you? So I'm going to go a little different, I think. Uh, my favorite storyline is Sal Perez. Nice. Also okay. Starter. I love Sal. And, you know, I, I do too. I got to play against him a ton. And, you know, he got that the deal, the $8 million for five years or whatever – Five million for eight years, I think. It was something ridiculous like that. It was that. ridiculous. <clears throat> Ended up winning World Series. The the Royals make good on it once, then they'd make good on it again. He won he was a six time all star, six in a row, sat out two thousand nineteen with injuries, then two thousand twenty when they have an all star team. And then he comes back. You know, he's an older man now at a at a at a position that's tough to be an older man. And he's thrived this year, uh, in a tough situation where they're not winning a lot of ball games, but he's He's been like the guy for the Royals. And I just yeah. I like to see the longevity. And I think he plays the game the right way. And I think like he's a good personality for the game. And right. he'll represent the game very well at the All-Star game. I think it's a great call. The Royals, boy, they need to turn this thing around. They have lost nine in a row. Uh, but Sal is one of the great, great guys in the sport. There's no question about it. For me, I could have gone a bunch of different ways. Uh, Vlad joining his, his pops as an all-star starter. It's just the fifth time we've ever seen that. That's pretty cool. Mm -hmm. You've got the young all-star starters of Vlad and Tatis and Acuna. I think that that's awesome. Jesse Winker to see how emotional yeah, he got cool. last night. Because you, to me, that's the, that's the rawness of this. Like we, we look at the big dollars and guys playing a kid's game and all that sort of stuff. When somebody gets named an all-star starter, the emotions drain out because they realize how hard they worked ever since they were five years old, and now he's achieving a dream. I love that sort of stuff. With all that being said, one of the most accomplished players we're going to see as a starter in this All-Star game, borderline Hall of Fame career, and I thought it was finished as of a couple years ago, Buster Posey. At 34 years old, to see him come back, he's got an OPS plus that is the best since his MVP season in 2012. He's doing things we haven't seen since he was the guy in this right. sport and for him to be able to share this with his family he mentioned yesterday the coolest part is that his twins his oldest set of twins are now 10 they'll be able to enjoy this i like that i love hearing that sort of stuff and, and the fact that the giants are right there at the top of the division and have had an amazing first half i think is icing on the cake for him it's a cool story
I, I love that. I love the like the fact that his kids are really going to be able to see. And, yeah. And, yeah. Uh, and, the, and you mentioned it briefly, but I do, from experience, the Devers and Bogarts thing is really cool. I mean, that left, like, it's the left side of the infield. You're always next to each other, and you, you're, you're, you're just kind of joined at the hip, if you will. You got to work mm-hmm. together a lot. You know, when you're shading one way, shading the other way, and then for them to be able to do that, the All-Star game together, look at each other, they're going to be able to look at each other and just smile, man. Yeah, That's no really question. Cool. Hey, real quickly, we got two more things. Um, we like to have a ton of sh- uh, fun on this show. There's no question about it. Occasionally, there are serious things that happen in baseball. And, and people have said, well, why haven't you mentioned what has gone on with Trevor Bauer the last few days? It's a couple reasons. Number one, yes, this portion of the show is live. But a lot of people tune in, whether it was the audio version or on our YouTube channel later in the day. So it's the first time they're hearing this information hours and hours later. And with the Trevor Bauer story, things have changed at a rapid pace over the last few days. <clears throat> now, based on what the information we got yesterday, uh, the Dodgers said he is planning on pitching on Sunday. Trev and I both talked about this together last night. We both kind of feel the same, that he should not be pitching. He can be put on the administrative leave list for seven days where he actually gets paid. This is all a legal office call. So this is up to Rob Manfred if this does actually happen over the next 24 or 48 hours before he takes the mound in Washington on Sunday. Um, so we both feel that way. It is a terribly disturbing allegations out there. He is currently under investigation by the police in Pasadena, California. We will continue to follow it. It doesn't mean that we're dodging stories. It's just that we have to be sensitive because we are on live in the morning, but also because we are taped material that comes out later in the day that with an ever-changing story. So when people say, well, why aren't you covering that? That's the reason. And this is our opinion on it. We both talked about it. We both kind of feel the same way. And, you know, we will see what the commissioner's office does or does not do over the weekend. And if they don't do anything, any pitches, and Trevor Bauer has to answer some questions on Sunday, I, I don't know exactly what is going to transpire. But that's the way we, we both feel about that. Uh, as far as getting back to the games we do play, um, you know, John Boy Media, we are constantly covering the sport. What do you have going on today, my friend? Today, I will be going back to recap the games that were uh, with the Talking Baseball crew. Uh, so I'll get to make fun of them for the Yankees game where they, that they were at that Jared Walsh broke their soul. So that'll mm-hmm. be for me to do. Um, and that's it, man. We're going to have a good time doing that. And then the weekend is here, 4th of July. Yeah. And that means one week away from the All-Star game and all the festivities. Can't wait. What do you got? Well, the reason I'm wearing a White Sox hat is because in about 25 minutes, I will be chatting with Lucas Giolito. <laughs> I don't know what you've been doing this week, but Lucas has been rather busy in the baseball world. So we saw what he said after the game where he took the mound uh, and Josh Donaldson did his thing with the no more sticky stuff. Lucas addressed that. Then the next day, Josh Donaldson came out and said what he said during his press conference. And we have not heard from Lucas yet. It's so vital to hear from him today that we're going to do something we usually don't do on the Chris Rose rotation. We are going to turn this podcast around for later today. So it's going to take a few hours to put together. My man, Robbie Scirocco, who's a wonderful editor, is going to be busting his hump to get this thing done. We will let you know when it comes out. Um, The great thing about Lucas is that just like all the co-hosts of the Rose rotation, he's very honest. He's not going to hide from anything. Um, He's not on the witness stand. But we are going to have we're going to have an open and honest discussion about what's transpired and where he is 
at emotionally throughout this? I was texting with Lucas's agent last night. Mm. Uh, <laughs> he had some fun things to say, so I'm curious. I'm, I can't wait to hear what uh, Lucas is going to say. Uh, knowing Lucas, I'm sure he's kind of going to brush it aside a little bit now that it's tempered down. We'll see. We'll see, though. We'll see. We'll see. So I wasn't what was going on in my text last night. Uh, uh, Dylan Cease, his teammate with the White Sox, is also going to join us as a guest. <laughs> so uh, good kid, good energy, a lot of fun out there. So that'll be some good stuff. My daughter's pounding on the door. It's perfect timing. Uh, well, it's time to wrap up the show. That's what that means. All right. Okay. Have a good day. Good luck in the interview. Thank you. Thank you. And, and have a great July, July 4th weekend to you, your family, and everybody out there. Let's celebrate America. Let's celebrate a little baseball. We'll see you back on the show on Monday morning, okay? All right. We'll see you then. See you guys. Peace.